praise God. And um, I'm excited to preach today, man. So if we can just, um, let's just bow our heads and pray, all right? So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you for this time, God. We thank you for this church, God. We thank you for Elevate, God, and what you're doing, Lord God, in and through this church, God. Not just, just doing miracle, uh, miraculous things in the church, saving people, but even outside the church, God. Sending people to the streets, Lord God, to save the lost, Lord God, to make disciples, God. And we thank you for that, God. And we ask that you would just have your way today, God. And, um, Lord, I pray that you would use me, God. Use me to speak your word, God. Use me as, as a vessel, as your servant, God, to speak in clarity, Lord God. And, Lord Almighty, to feed the sheep, including myself, God. Have your way today, God. In the name of Jesus, we all pray. And we all say amen. amen. Praise God, man. Today, as you guys can see, uh, the title of this message is, enticed temptation attraction and bait and as you guys you know you see the the the, the awesome looking uh snake right there with the delicious looking apple and uh it looks really enticing right especially at well not but then again not today because yesterday was thanksgiving right and uh we went through what we went through probably ate a whole lot i ate some on the way this way and i'm stuffed i have food coma so if i fall asleep mid-standing just yell my name or something it'll be all right all right but uh this, this message right here and this, this title and this, everything about it has really hit home in my heart, you know, especially coming out of, uh, who remembers our last series that we just came out of? Just yell it out. Disciples, right? Now, Disciples was a, was a very long uh, and extensive, it seemed like it was long and extensive uh, a series that I, I, I seen a lot of people come up to the altar, uh, prayed a lot of specific things, right, and, and tried to answer the call of God. And also had individuals come up and they say, Steve, I've been lying. I come to church and I hear the word on discipleship, but then when I go back home, something happens and I go back to my old ways. And I remember that, 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 uh, that person just telling me how grieved they felt. I remember him telling me, just saying, like, man, I've just been lying to myself, lying, putting on a facade here in church. And he said, man, it's hard. I just need prayer. So we had both sides. We had people that wanted, hey, I want discipleship. I, I want to you know, answer the call of Jesus. I want to go out there and lay down my life for Jesus and carry my cross and follow after him. But then something happened after that. Once we left this room or when we left this door in this church, for whatever reason or another, which we're going to talk about today, we went back to our old ways. And the people that were even called up or people that even came to get prayer, a lot of them not even here today. Why is that? What is happening in our world? And that's what brings us to this verse. If you could open up your Bibles to James chapter 1. And this is the Amplified Bible. You guys can read it up here. Um, the Amplified Bible is basically, it breaks down words from like Greek and Hebrew to like, you know, our understanding of the English language. And uh, it just gives an extensive, or I, I should say, this uh, a more clear a meaning of that word, all right? And here we go. James 1.13, Amplified Bible says, Let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God. For temptation does not originate from God, but from our own flaws. Where does temptation come from? For God cannot be tempted by what is evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each one is tempted when he is dragged away, enticed, and baited to commit sin by his own worldly desire, lust, and passion. Then when the illicit desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And when sin has run its course, it gives birth to death. Do not be misled, my beloved brothers and sisters. As we see in this verse, basically what James is coming from, and just a little background with James in this chapter, is that he starts off verse 2 of chapter 1 saying, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and my sisters, when you find yourselves in many trials. He said, take it as a joy. And he explains why we ought to take it as a joy, because it was something that trials do in our lives to build, us, to build up our character, to build up our perseverance so we can become mature disciples for Jesus. In that same title, Right? Come in the same chapter as we see, he starts talking about temptation. Now, we can go a lot of ways with temptation, right? And, uh, and things like that. 
And basically, there's a twofold to it that we can look as, as we're, we're thinking about him saying, you know, uh, rejoicing while going through trials. Consider it pure joy. Now, we don't consider it pure joy when we're being tempted, right? But we can use temptation, as we're going to see, to see who we really are. Because according to these verses, right, where does temptation come from? Say it again. Right. And then it continues down to break it down even further. It says it comes from our own evil desires, our own worldly desires, lusts, and passions. So basically what James is saying, you cannot blame God. He not only says you cannot blame God, but according to that, this, this definition or whatever, what's going on here, you can't even blame Satan. So what he's saying then is that we have to then take ownership. See, for so, many, for so long we have taken temptation as though it came from the enemy, but without realizing that actual temptation comes from within us. See, now that changes everything now. See, because now it's not an outside source that's affecting our internal spiritual growth in Christ. It's actually something that's going on within us. Our own desires, our own passions, our own lusts for sin and this world. So how do we become disciples when we got problems within us? And see, that's the issue. And a lot of us, we didn't look at it like that. A lot of us, we just said, oh, man, the devil's at me. The devil's coming at me. been tempted big time this week. We all been tempted today. How many have been tempted today? Exactly, right? Yesterday, while, while, while going on this ride, I was asked to go on a ride somewhere by one of my family members, and she told me this story. But I kid you not, it, I didn't even know how to feel about it. It was like hurtful, and yet it was, it troubled me, man. It really, really troubled me. And as I sat there, you know, I, I knew these, uh, these pastors, and uh, they were going forward, youth pastors, man, doing big things. And she told me yesterday that they just gave him seven years in jail because he molested a 13-year-old boy for years. He was a pastor doing big things for Jesus, so it seemed like. But all along, hidden, he was committing this crime, and the kid came out. And confessed it. They came up to this individual. He didn't deny it. They locked him up, and they just gave him seven years. They, they should have gave him more. I don't, I don't know how the laws work where he's at. But no matter what, it's not even about it. The fact of the matter is, is that the, the, the first thing I said was, why? Why would he do something like that? How could he do something like that? See, inside this room, we hear a story like that. And be like, I would never. I would never. That's crazy, Right? But see, something was going on for this individual. And I like this, I, I, I can't say I like this story, but as an example, this is somebody that was up here, right? Somewhere like a lot of us wouldn't want to be. Somewhere where we look at people like pastors or whatever, Ellie and Leilani and myself or whatever, my wife and the leaders, like, man, I want to be like them. But then to hear that one of us did something like that and fell off like that would be catastrophic. It would be crazy. But the, 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 the logical uh, question after that is how and why? Why did that happen? How did it happen? He was a strong brother in Christ. He was going forward. He had his own church, his own ministry. How can that happen? And I'll tell you how it happened. He was enticed. He was enticed by the enemy. And see, this word enticed, the definition of this word is something used to attract or tempt someone, a lure. The synonyms, which is the same meaning of this word, the words meaning the same meaning as entice is lure, temptation, allure, attraction, appeal, draw, pull, bait, charm, seduction, and fascination. See, now out of these three, I want to pull out temptation, attraction, and bait. Because it's, th it's these three things that the enemy gets us on. And you say, man, well, how would that brother fall like that? See, it didn't happen overnight. Sorry about that. It didn't happen overnight. He didn't just say, okay, I'm going to jump into this thing. I'm just going to fall into it. No. It took time. See, he didn't realize that deep within him he had a desire, a fleshly desire that incorporated the molestation of a child. See, he would have never known that it would have grown out of control, as, as James said, that in the end it leads to death. It leads to death. And see, what happens is a lot of us in here, whether it be leaders, whether it be people who just visiting the church, we appreciate you guys, love you guys, don't be scared. It's just the gospel, right? It's good news, right? 
the thing is, we have to then examine ourselves and say, why is the devil tempting me? Especially in this, that, or the other area. See, how many people were tempted to smoke crack cocaine today? Raise your hand. Why not? Why not? Why not? What is it? Say it. Come on. Say it. No, say it. I want to. There's no desire to do it. So the devil's not going to come and be like, let me tempt him with, to smoke crack cocaine. What? Like, are you stupid? I'm not smoking crack. You smoke some weed, but not no crack. For somebody out to smoke weed, we're not even going to go there, right? It's not that kind of sermon, but. The thing is, though, right, you're not going to do it because it's crack cocaine. See, the thing is, you're not going to do it because, as the little brother said, it's not a desire that's inside of you. So instead, today the devil will come at you, men to, be, to commit self-pleasure, women to go on ahead and be insecure and things like that. All these temptations, and you would think that it's coming from the outside, but really, it's coming from something that's already inside of you. You guys don't believe me, though, right? You guys don't believe me. We can stay there for a second. See, I... I'm going to tell you something, right? What did Jesus tell his disciples when he grabbed them? He said, come follow me, and I'm going to make you what? Fishers of all men. How many know that Satan loves to mock Jesus? Satan says, oh, Jesus, you want to make people fishers of men? Well, I'm going to make people fishers of men for me. And you know what he does? He does this. Show you guys. He becomes... Right? Y'all probably wondering, how did his brother get this in the church? How did he get this in the church? Yeah, can you unwrap, unravel this? Now, she's doing that, right? She's going to get that together. So the thing is, he goes on ahead and he gets himself a rod that's called enticement. Right? Just like Jesus went and I said, he said, I'm going to make you guys fishers of men. Right? Babe, can you go and help? Uh, Carmen, can you go and help, uh, Leilani? I'm going to make you fishers of men. Right? And he used, oh, she has it. All right, so I'm going to be your guys fishermen today. All right? Nobody grab this. I will pull you out of your seat with this thing. Right? So the thing is, right, as you guys can see, this is how it starts. This is the rod of enticement right here. Right? And the devil grabs this rod and he dangles it in front of you. You see, it starts off with temptation, and he starts to tempt you, and then it goes on to attraction, and then from attraction, it goes into bait and bait, as according to the Amplified Bible in James, the bait is to commit sin. If you have gotten to the bait, the hook's already in your mouth. And see, the whole problem with this is that he'll bait you. He'll grab a listener and put the temptation in front of her, the desire that's already in her. Then he'll make that temptation attractive to her. Man, it looks good. Man, look at the way he talks. Oh, he's got that raspy voice, man. No, he ain't sick, right? He got the swag going on or whatever, and all of a sudden, she grabs a hold of that attraction without realizing there's bait behind it. And she grabs the bait, right? And the whole point of grabbing this bait, you see, what? there's a lot spotlight above me, right? See, right now I'm in the light. See, Satan can't do nothing right now if I'm in the light. So he grabs one of these, these little fisher things or whatever, this enticement fishing rod, right? And he goes in the side and he puts it in front of me while I'm in the light. Like, hey, Steve, look what I got right here, y'all. Yep. Temptation, right? And I'm looking at it or whatever. He knows my cup of coffee, right? I'm looking at it like, oh, man. Hey, you know, it's just, it's just right here. Like, oh, every day. Oh, every day, right? See, the whole point is for me to grab a hold of it just like a fish. So then when I grab a hold of it, as you got, how many, how many fishermen we got in the house, right? You know about fishing. You guys see it on TV. Come on, somebody. So they grab it, right? The, when the hook, once the hook comes out of you, what do, they, what do they do with the fish? They take it out the water, right? So in us, they take us out the light. So now I'm no longer in the light. I'm no longer in the spotlight. Now he's dragging me away, according to James. He's dragging me away by my own desires that are already inside of me. So then after that, he begins to entice me. And entice me, what that means is an attraction. It looks good to me now. And he starts to lie to us. And the thing is, for all, for all of us spiritual folks inside, we say, man, I ain't got that stuff inside of me. Then why is the devil tempting you? You think he's tempting you with pornography because you don't struggle with pornography? You think he's going to stop tempting you because you think you overcame? That's how he gets you. When we think we're something, then we're really not. And we start to lean on our own desires, our own things. Amen? 
we can go to the next one. This is the fall of man. See, in the fall of man, I changed the title to how men and women fall. Because we're still doing it. This is the same. This thing's still going on to today. Somebody in this room fell today. They fell whether to self-pleasure, to pornography, to insecurities, to stop trusting in God, to pride, whatever it is. They fell to one of these things today. Temptation, attraction, and they got baited. And today you came to church because you're hoping that Jesus can cut that hook out of, your, out of the jaw of your mouth and set you free. And he can do that. All right, because he wants us to be disciples. Not disciples who shrink back and run after the sermon is done and we say amen. No, but disciples that go out there and who are aware of what's inside of them, who are aware of the desires and they crucified daily on the cross of Jesus Christ. That's what disciples do. See, but the thing is, another thing a disciple does well is that they read the word of God. But see, what happens is we read the word of God so much, and it's awesome to read the word of God, but we forget to read our enemy. So everybody that wanted to be a disciple last series fell off because they didn't realize what the enemy had waiting for them. The moment you left this church, he set up an enticement rod, and he hooked onto it, temptation. He hooked onto it an attraction for sin, whatever your cup of coffee is. And behind that, he put a bait to commit you to sin for one reason, so he can take you out of the light and he can have control over you again. Seeing some of you guys, you think, man, I can do whatever I want to do. I can sin whatever I want. I'm free. Look at me. I'm free. You're not free. You're not in the light. You're in the enemy's hand. And all he's doing, he's just using you as a puppet, right? And you think he's your friend. Try to come back to the light again and see what happens, right? And I want you to come back to the light. But you'll, I'm just trying to tell you that to see of how much of a friend he really is. He will destroy you. And that is his objective, is to destroy you. Look at what happened to Adam and Eve. How many know Adam and Eve, right? We got to love our parents, right? Adam and Eve, they done messed up, but hey, we love them. We all messed up, praise God. But I want to show you guys something what the devil did. Right from the start, and he's doing it still today to many of us from the leadership on down. It says now, verse 1, now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from the tree, from any tree in the garden? Now look, what's ha- I don't, look, the snakes start talking to me. I am not talking back. I am running in this day and age. So we don't know if they were just chilling with animals randomly. Like, man, I got Mr. Bull over here I hang out with. We kick it. He tells me his problems. I give him answers, give him names. That's what it is, right? We don't know why she thought it was normal to talk to the snake, but she talked to the snake, right? The snake talked to her, right? And she's chilling with, you know, you picture. I'm trying to put your picture in your head. She's chilling with, with Adam, right? I'm going to use that again. She's chilling with Adam, Adam and Eve, right? And as you guys know, read the word. She's naked. They're both naked, right? You could just picture them, you know. Uh, Eve is sitting there. She's bagging that thing up or whatever. She's just doing it. Stuff flying everywhere and stuff. They're naked. They ain't got no trees covering them. We're just keeping it real, right? They free. They're just free in the spirit. Jesus, you know, praising God. God just comes whenever he wants you, kicks it with him. I mean, they had a good relationship, right? But mind you, that whole time, the tree of life and death was in the middle, right? And they're looking at this tree every single day. It was probably a juicy old tree. I would imagine, right? A juicy old tree in the middle. Like, man, you know, we can eat all this stuff, man, you know, but, yeah, we can't eat the one in the middle, you know. So we just, we doing it. We doing our thing. So what, whatever. We just going to do us. Hey, boom. You know, they're chilling with Mr. Bull. They're talking to animals. They're doing all these things, right? Then all of a sudden, the snake comes up. And he says, he just tempts. This is a temptation. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? What's wrong with that picture? What was the devil saying? Why, why did he say it like that? You see how he twisted God's word? You see, they were cool, eating all these fruits. But look how he comes at Eve. And he says, you must not eat from any tree in the garden. That was a lie. But see, he was trying to get her to talk to him, to tempt her, to put something on her head. Or if that, think about this now. This might blow your mind for you theologians out there. This had to already have been inside of her. Because why is he tempting her with something that's not inside of her? Think about that, right? When you go to your SUM, talk to your teachers. Goes on, right? The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the, tree, from the trees in the garden, 
But God said you must not eat from the, from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it or you will die. God didn't say that. God said do not touch the tree, right? I mean, God said do not eat of the tree and then you will die. He didn't say nothing about touching the tree. But picture this now. She's adding stuff to this thing now, right? He already got in her mind. Not only that, imagine this. She, her response wasn't directly the word of God. Her response was, dude, what you talking about? We can eat any tree we want inside of here. What you mean? It's like we just can't touch. Picture this. We can eat all this stuff. She's like, but, you know, you can't mess with that one in the middle, though. We don't know why. Can't even touch it. Can't even eat it or die, right? See, something must have happened. The devil went to that direction. Something must have been there, a desire of wanting to eat that fruit, curiosity, right? Look what he says next. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open, and, when you, li- when, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, her main concern was the lust of the flesh. If I do this, I will die. And see, it's three things that the devil tempts us with, and he still he only has three weapons, right? And that's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those three things he tempts us with. And he did it with Adam and Eve. He's doing it to us today. And you guys may say, no, man, that's just in the, in the Old Testament. That's a long time ago. He obviously has to have some kind of, you know, more arsenal than that. It's been years now. But no, that's his only weapons. It's the same weapons that was used against him when he got kicked out of heaven. When he looked at himself made with all these jewels and all these other things on top of him, sapphires and all that. And he said, man, I look good. Then he was a chief angel inside heaven, right? And he said, man, you know, the, the lust of the eyes. Why can't I be, uh, you know, why can't I be that man? And then after that, the pride of life hit him. And he said, man, I would ascend to the throne of God. Instantly, he got kicked out. See, he was tempted, there was an attraction there, and then he was baited. And ever since the beginning of man, he's been using those three things to send us off. If we can go to that next slide. 1 John 1.16, New Testament, for everything in the world, the lust of the flesh is temptation. The lust of the eyes is attraction, and the pride of life is the bait. It comes not from the Father, but from the world. You see, it doesn't come from God. It comes from the world, and he uses these tools against us. And it, the desire is coming from inside of you just the same way he did with Eve. He tries to do with us. He got Eve to question. He allowed that desire to come to the surface. And Eve began to question. And her only concern was the lust of the flesh right there because she was concerned that, well, I'll die. And then his response was, well, you will not surely die. Oh, well, what you mean I won't surely die? See, he tells that that all the time. You love God. You're not perfect. And you're like, oh, man, you know what? I do love God. God knows I love him. Right? And for men, right, we, we, I talked to men before. We're going to keep it real. You know, you're on the couch. You're getting tempted. The devil's tempting you, whatever, self-pleasure, whatever else is happening in your mind. He's tempting you, and all of a sudden, he's like, man, God, I, re- I rebuke you, devil. No, in Jesus' name, get out of here. And then the devil comes back again, tempting you, whatever. He's like, get out of here. And you're not realizing what's happening. And he comes and taps you again, man, get out of here. And all of a sudden, the light's over here, and you're, man, get out of here, man. I'm not, I'm not even on that, man. Your mind, you're talking to this dude. And without even realizing it, you're not even in the light no more. You know why? Because you're drawing off your own power. You're not even fighting a good fight anymore. You're just fighting your fight and your power. And see, then after that, he begins to speak to you and entices you with temptation. And he says, man, God knows you love him. You do love God, right? Yeah, I love God, man. He knows I I go to church every Friday, right? I read my Bible at least three times. I do all this stuff, man. Well, God would understand then. You know, you're right, man. God God would understand, you know, and then talking on your stomach and stuff and whatever, you know. And then for you ladies, you know, the, the guy's right there, and all of a sudden, you're like, oh, you know, he's oh, I'm kissing you. Oh, man, you know, boy, stop playing. <laughs> right? And you're doing all these things, though, right? And he starts to, you know, he's like, man, girl, come on. You know, I'm a Christian, man. You know that, man. Come on. Leilani, find out it's going down. Man, she's going to whoop me, literally. Like, no, man, girl, come on. She ain't even going to know. Right? She ain't even going to know. And all of a sudden, you're like, no, man, no, I can't do this, man. I'm a Jesus freak. Girl, it's going to be all right. Oh, come on. Oh, man, come on, stop that. And you're like, Man, you know, God knows you ain't perfect. You know, you're you good, girl. You're good. You're like, yeah, I know, but still, though, you know, like, I love him. Like, yeah, he knows you love him, girl. Like, yeah, you're right. 
like, man, you know, why you got to keep? And then after that, the attraction comes in. And he starts looking at you a certain way. You guys know, right? Starts doing certain things, and all of a sudden, the bait comes, hooks you in the mouth. And you're way over here doing something you thought you would never do. You caught the bait. He took you away. And see, this is happening every single day, whether to leaders, whether to pastors. I gave you the example. It happens to myself. I'll be honest with you. There's plenty of times where I end up arguing with my wife and going back and forth with my wife. And I'm thinking, man, I'm tired of this stuff or whatever. In my head, I'm all jacked up. I done overcame some stuff. You know what I mean? I'm, that's in the back. I'm not even thinking about that, but the devil is. And all of a sudden, I leave the room. I'm tired. I'm going to sleep on the couch. I go to the couch. I lay down and stuff. And then, boom, I'm thinking about everything like that. And all of a sudden, the temptation to self-please myself comes. And I fall into it. And then afterwards... I look at myself, and I'm like, God, how did I get here? God, how did I get here? What happened? I overcame this thing. Why am I here? Why am I repenting to you? What happened to me, God? And he says, son, you've been enticed. You didn't even realize it. You thought I was trying to speak to you. The thing is, God is speaking to us. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us, but we get louder, and the, and the tempter gets louder and louder. To the point you can't hear the spirit anymore and you're in the flesh. You're battling in the flesh, throwing fits, trying to pull hair, whatever, going at it. And the whole time, you thought that the enemy was working on this. And the whole time, he was trying to get you to do this again. And all of a sudden, you thought that you overcame something. And because the temptations is there to break down your auto defenses, he figures you are vulnerable now. I'm going to tempt you with this. Boom. And all of a sudden, we fall off to something that we thought we overcame. But the reason why we fell into it, because we never really dealt with it within us. We snoozed and we lost. Why is this so important? You may think that pastor that fell off, man, into that molestation was just horrible. But what makes you better? What stops you from falling off to something crazy? For you virgins out there to giving up your virginity. For you dudes out there to start game banging and end up robbing and stealing and killing, what stops you? It's nothing, man. If you don't check yourself, if you don't allow God in your life to do what he has to do. You see, and that's what happened to Adam and Eve. We can go on to the next slide. It says this is how we overcome these things, right? Because these are realities. The devil comes and he tempts you. He throws the bait at you, right? Boom, the temptation's there. Whatever your cup of coffee is, it's there. And the thing is, it's just there to get you to think about it. You see the question marks on there, the statements, the signs on the thing? It's there to question you, to make you question yourself. It's there to make you to hear these statements about your life or even your Christianity, to twist the word of God up. But it's getting this, this, it's just there. The temptation is there to lure you away, to drag you away. See, the thing is, in the Bible, talked about dragging you away, and then you're enticed. Enticed means then you go to the attraction of it. But first, you're dragged away by yourself, your own flesh. All the enemy did was to remind you of the desire that was already in you. Whether to watch pornography, whether to have sex, whether to be rebellious to your parents, whether to be going to school and acting a darn fool. It's inside of you. And because you don't deal with it, you will constantly fall. Future pastors in the house, if you don't deal with the temptations in your life, your own desires, when you get to a certain level, the enemy will knock you on your butt. And God have mercy how many people you take with you. See, because this man was a pastor of a church. You imagine when the word came out, can you even be a Christian anymore after that? Wouldn't that temptation come? Man, look, if he fell, God have mercy. I have no hope. I'm still dealing with all type of stuff. Can you imagine the congregation? Temptation, attraction, and bait, and the rod of enticement, how it starts. How do we avoid this, Steve? See, because many of us, man, I talk to this side of the group, right, because it looks like there's a lot of disciples over there. So I'll talk to this side of the group, right? A lot of us come into church every Friday, and we wonder, why can't I just cross over the threshold? I had a conversation today with our pastor's best friend named Dave, or this week, I'm sorry. And he said, I asked him, he was 20 years, you know, you know, P. Joe for 20 years or whatever, and he heard the truth, he would go to church, everything else, and all of us, I said, man, what, what, why didn't you cross over? He said, Steve, every time I went to go do that, I became afraid, I became shamed. I asked myself, man, why 
what, what are my friends going to think about me? Like, how am I going to look? What will happen to me if I gave my life to God? He said, so I kept smoking drugs and dealing drugs. And I said, man, dude, how do you feel now? He's like, dude, the only thing I do now is look back and wonder how I got here. It's a new Christian. I said, man, I remember when I got saved, I looked back and I asked myself the same question. How did I get here? It's a logical question. How, how, did I go, how did I go through all this? How did I get here to all this sin and nastiness and mess? Because in the end, it leads to death. In the end, sin leads to death. It may taste good. It may feel good. It may give instant gratification. But in the end, you are hooked by the devil, and he drags you around and doing whatever he wants to do in your life. And it comes in many disguising ways because the enticement can last for years. You think this passage just happened to fell off? No. It happened for years that the temptation was there, and he, was, he had the pole, and he was putting it in front of the pastor's, the pastor's face, and he was like, look. He was tempting him. I'm sorry. He was tempting him. And after that, he, be, he put it, when he grabbed a hold of the temptation, grab a hold of that, sister. Don't break it, bro. No. But he, you grab a hold of it. Look what happens to the pole. See, the devil's trying to push him. He's trying to take him out of the light. And all of a sudden, but he's still tempting him. And then after that, he grabs the attraction. And he puts an attraction inside his heart for little children. And all of a sudden, he works his way up to the red part. Grab a hold of that. Don't be scared. Grab a hold of two hands. Go ahead. Boom. And all of a sudden, she's attracted to it. Something that you thought would never happen. And now he's having an affair for years with a 13-year-old boy. And then out of, a, out of a sudden, the boy comes out of hiding. He thought he had He was slick for the whole time. And then he went to the bait, grabbed the bait. And he started committing the sin. And from there, here, stand up. You see the pole? Takes her out of her seat. Come on, come, keep going. And he starts reeling her in, reeling him in to the point that he's not even in the light no more. How do we stop this? Thank you. This is how we stop this. He says, my, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Where is the word planted? And what can it do? Just for salvation or what else? It can save you from temptation. It can save you from the rod of enticement. But you have to stand on it. You have to bring the word that's inside of you out and stand on it. Because after that, it says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And see, that's what happens. We want to be disciples just like the last series. We step up to the altar. We say, please pray for me. I want to be a disciple. I'm excited. You cry on my shoulder. I give you a hug. Pat you. You know me. Go ahead. Do your thing, man. For Jesus. Hallelujah. And you go out there and you're deceived. You're enticed by the devil. And you fall off because you're tempted and you're attracted to the world looking back all the time. What are my friends going to say about me? How am I going to look like? And you're afraid to cross over the threshold. But see, I come today to tell you, man, that Jesus is on the other side of that threshold. He uses places like this to get your attention, to draw you near to him so he can draw near to you. And can draw you. Just like the same way he's still the fisherman, but he's doing it in a good way. And he's trying to fisher you to himself. He's trying to hook you to himself. Cling to me. Abide in me. Be one with me. Listen to my word. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. See, the devil twists all that stuff. But God is standing there behind a threshold. And he's saying, man, I can't reach out and just snatch you on this side. You have to be willing to cross over and say, God, I'm tired of being hooked by the devil. I'm tired of doing his way and his will. I'm tired of all this stuff. I'm tired of lying in church. I'm tired of lying to you, God, and to my leaders. I'm tired of just suffering when I'm in my bed by myself and daydreaming and thinking about how much of a sinner I am. I'm tired of it, God. And see, God is just standing here, and he's saying, why don't you just draw near to me so I can draw near to you, my son and my daughter. Stop running from me. Stop being scared. Stop worrying about those dudes out there. And trust me. And that's what he's saying. You may think that Jesus don't know what he's talking about. This is the last thing right here I want to say to you guys. Jesus was then led into the, into the, uh, the wilderness to be tempted, right? Three things. Lust of the eyes. 
right? Or lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Those three things the devil hit, uh, hits us with every time. And if you can overcome the way Jesus overcame, you could stand in that victory with him. And this is what he did. Luke 4, 3 says the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. Jesus answered, it is written, man should not live by bread alone. He tried to tempt his flesh. Same thing, same way he tempted Adam and Eve. He said, no, that ain't going to work for me. Man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I trust in Jesus. I may be hungry right now, but God got me. I may be going through a thing right now, but God got me. He may be looking good, and I may may be looking busted, but it's a facade. God got me. I trust in God. That's how he overcame the lust of the flesh. He claimed the word of God and trusted in God. The second one, which is the lust of the eyes. Look what the devil does to him, just like he does to us today. The devil led him up to a high place and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And he said to him, I will give you all their authority and splendor. It has been given to me, and I can give it to anyone I want to. He was lying. If you worship me, it will be yours. Jesus answered, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. See, he showed him that by the lust of the eyes. He tried to give him the lust of the eyes and tempt him with that. And God said, dude, I made all this. You see, the thing, think of Jesus wasn't drunk. He just wasn't, no, the devil just taking me, oh, I don't know what I'm doing, I'm, I'm seeing things now. Oh, no, man. This was Jesus we're talking about. He was totally aware the devil wasn't just dragging him and stuff. Hey, do this, kicking him. No, man. He did this for a reason then. It's to show us how to overcome these three areas of the enemy. He didn't just go up there because the devil forced him. He went willingly. He knew what was going to happen to him. He was 100% God and 100% man. He knew this. He did this for our sake so that we can know how to overcome the enemy and the enticement of the rod. The, uh, the, the, what do I call it again? Enticement rod? Oh, man, whatever, man. You know what I'm talking about. So Luke 4, 9, right, the next one. This is the pride of life. Look what he does. The devil does to Jesus. He said the devil led him to Jerusalem and had him stand in the, the highest point of the temple. He tried to put him above everything. And he said, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They will lift you up with their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Jesus answered and said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. He tried to tempt them with the pride of life. And he said, dude, get out of here, man. I'm going to test my God. I love my God. My God is above all. He sits high and looks low. That's what we got to remind ourselves. So when the enemy comes at you and tries to tempt you, right, with his little bootleg pole right here, right, and he's at you, and he's tempting you, Alyssa. He's like, Alyssa, just look. Isn't this right? Right? Doesn't that, you know, what do you think about this, Alyssa? Doesn't that dude look good? That was the dude you just dreamt about last night. Look at him. He's standing in front of you, right? And he's attracting you and attracting you like this, right? And it's all along to grab the bait, to trick us, to get out of the light and over here. But Jesus said to remember him. If I can get Stephanie up here real fast. This is what's going on. This is why we fall. For those of you that keep coming to Elevate and looking for I don't know what. The only thing you're going to find in Elevate is Jesus. So if you're looking to the leaders, you're looking to somebody else to ease your. It ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. Because all we're going to do is point to Jesus. That's where we're going to point to because that's the only one who can keep you when we're not there. He's the only one that knows all things. He's the only one that's everywhere, and he's all-powerful. He is able to do these things. If you would just stop playing games, if you would take this serious, do you think for a second the dude that he just gave seven years, you think he's taking that light read right now? I'm pretty sure he's sitting in that cell right now looking back and saying, How in the world did I get here? He has three children of his own. He's looking back and saying, how did I get here? How was I tempted? What what happened, God? What happened? I remember one day I I went to jail. It was about five years ago. I got into a fight on Christmas Day. And I remember getting locked up. And I went to jail, and I I was sitting. I was a Christian. I'm I'm, I'm sitting in in the jail, and... These police officers, man, they're looking at me. And they don't even know I'm a Jesus freak, you know. And they're like, man, did you mess that guy up, man? They're all happy. It was 
they started mocking me and just like making fun of the whole thing and how the guy looked afterwards. And dude, man, I hear him talking to other cops, and I kid you not, it was like the devil just sneering at me through these officers, man. And I remember sitting there, I was it was dark, man, and I, and I sat there and I asked the same question, God, what happened? How did I get here? This was 10 years to the day that I was incarcerated where God saved me. 10 years past to the date and time. He's back in the cell. It was like an anniversary and the devil was laughing at me. And I remember praying that day. And as they took me from one cell, I went down, they processed me and they took me downstairs. It's like a little dungeon or whatever, man. And I was on 20, uh, Grand Essential inside the, little, uh, the cells down there. And I remember the cell that I was in for first degree attempt murder 10 years before that where God saved my life. They put me in the cell right next door. And I sat in that cell. I'm not lying to you guys, man. I sat in this cell. And I started to pray. And I said, God, how did I get here? You know, I'm a Christian. I'm your child. You're my Lord. How did I get back in this cell, God? I'm looking at the cell, and it was nothing but graffiti of gang graffiti, pitchforks, gang signs everywhere. It was like I was in the enemy's camp. Literally, and I'm not talking about gang ministry. I mean, this is like, I was like right in the pits of hell for me. And I said, God, forgive me. Show me where I went wrong at. And I remember I laid on that cell right here, and I said, God, you know, tell me that you're with me, God. Just show me. And I, and I looked this way, and somebody wrote with a marker, God is here. And I remember that, and I started to cry that night. You know what, I had marker on me, and I had marker all in my face, and I was crying and stuff. And I remember I had this peace come over me. And God said, there's hope. I haven't left you. You might have fell right now, and you were enticed, and you got caught up in the temptation. You got caught up with your anger that was inside of you. I need to deal with your anger. And that's what he told me when I asked him. It was my anger. And I thought I dealt with that. And he said, no, it's your anger, son. But if you let me deal with your anger... I can make you the man of God I want you to be if you just let me deal with that. And that's exactly what I did. I came out of the cell and the walking home was a snowstorm. I had hair at the time and it was frozen, literally frozen. I remember I walked home. I was so jacked up. I get home. I hugged my wife or whatever. And, um, and God began to work on my anger the next week on a Sunday. I'm inside this, uh, the, the Aldi's on, North, on, on Central. And I'm parked there, just came out of church. And that guy comes in his car and he starts calling me a B. Oh, you, you B? This thing, he was saying I was looking at his, his, uh, his girlfriend or something, some crazy chick. So I'm like, dude, what? And I remember my anger rising up. The devil was trying to tempt me with anger again. It was a week later. And I remember I sat there and I'm looking at him. I'm like, I ought to get out and punch him. And I was so messed up with his anger. My, I had a bad anger problem. I'm like, I'm going to punch him and I'm going to punch the little son in the back seat just for being there. I was so messed up. I kid you not. I thought this. And I sat there, and I'm like, Jesus, help me. My anger, I want to do this, God. Help me. And I didn't say no. I ended up praying. You know what this guy says after that? Literally, right after that, he says, God, just save you right now. He told me that. He said, God, just save you right now. He was calling me a B.O.? Whatever, right? And he said, God, just saved you. And I'm like, dude, you don't even know. Like, you don't even know. Like, I, I would have been straight to jail tonight. Like, right now, right now. But the thing is, something happened that day. God delivered me from anger. I'm not saying I'm perfect right now. But, man, I'm not out here whooping people anymore. I'm not going to jail for punching people in the face. Don't test me, though. But you know what I mean? But, no. Serious, though. Like, he delivered me that day. And this is the reason, this is the reason why I'm telling you, man. Because, see, the devil cannot do nothing to you that God does not allow. And, see, he would allow the devil to come to tempt you. And this is what I was talking about in the beginning. It's like a twofold. He would allow the God, the devil to tempt you so that you can lean on him and overcome that desire inside of you. But see, if you don't lean on God, how can he help you then? When he allows you to go through these trials and these temptations, right, and you don't call on him, how do you expect to be delivered? See, and that's our problem, man, if we could all stand. There's people in here, man, that have been rebellious toward God. Not wanting to lean on God. And you're saying every Friday, God, I want more of you. God, I want to be delivered. God, I want to be the woman that you want me to be. I want to be the man that you want me to be, God. Save me. 
and all of a sudden we leave and during the week God allows us to go through something that, that the very thing that's inside of us that he needs to remove and that you need removing yourself and you fail to call on God because you said no Christian was around nobody's looking oh you know you, you did something crazy you kicked somebody I don't know whatever right or you watched pornography or you started acting insecure you're like man I, I God save me again come Friday same thing and what God is saying, draw near to him. The word that he puts inside of you, stand on it. Do the word. Don't just speak the word. Do the word. And watch how God will move in your life. Now, right now, these altars are going to be open. If we can get the, the, the armor bearer to move this out of the way. This altar is open to everybody, from leaders to new people, people that want to be leaders, disciples, all of you guys, myself. And it's open, man, if you've been hooked by the devil, and you know it. You're like, man, every time I go home, I want to do good, and all of a sudden this dude pulls on that rod. And I go right back to the sin that I try to get delivered from. Or for the leader, you're wondering, why am I still being tempted this week by this? Why is this going on? And I'm going to tell you why. Because the devil is trying to defuse your defenses on the outside. Because you have something in the inside that God wants to deal with. And he's using the blacksmith to get that thing out of there so you can lean on him and stop sinning. Is this like a legalism message? No, it's not because we're saved by grace. But see, the devil knows he can't take our salvation, but what he does know, I will make him the most miserable Christian in the world. He may be going to heaven, but he ain't going to heaven happy. He may say he's saved, but I'm going to make him live like he's lost. He may say he's a Christian, but I'm going to have him feeling like he's a demon. Because we fall for his baits every single time. So if you need prayer, if I could get my altar workers up here. If you need prayer. And if you're real, this ain't no game, this ain't no joke. This is real life right here. This is heaven or hell. If you want Jesus and you're willing to say, God, whatever it takes, God, have your way. Come up here and get Jesus. If you're sitting here saying, I'm tired of being used by the devil as though I'm some kind of fish trapped in his hook, come up here and let God break the hook out of your life by his blood and set you free. If you're already a Christian and you've been struggling with temptation, with attractions, let God set you free. Come up here and get Jesus. And don't be afraid, man. Whoever you are, whatever your name is, don't be afraid. Let God have his way.
unto you, God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. God, I pray, Lord, that you will break every yoke, God. That you will break every hindrance, God, of wickedness and sin in this place, God. That you would break it by your power, God. Your name, Jesus. By your blood, God. That you would set the captives free, God. Free from the grips of the enemy, God. That you would open up the eyes to the blind, God. Hearing to the deaf, God. That you would open up the doors to the prisoners, God. And set them free from the grips of the enemy, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord. And God, let us run to you, God. Let us run to you in all things, God. When we're tempted, Lord God, with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, God, let us do what you did, God. Let us stand on you, God. Let us trust in you, God. Let us depend on you. Let us to remember who you are, God. Lord, have your way in our lives, God. Be exalted. Be glorified, God, in this next season of Elevate, God. And may your will be done, God. And everybody says, amen.